For all your future ticketing needs, use the promo code WAR, W-A-R-R, and save 5% off all purchases at TixBlitz.com or on the TixBlitz app. That's promo code WAR for 5% off on great seats to all events. TixBlitz provides the same great seats as other resellers, but with no service fees. Never pay service fees at TixBlitz.com. Everybody comfortable? Yeah. Get your ass up when I'm talking. Hey, take it easy. It's showtime. It's showtime. Yeah. Feel the magic and soul of the YBs. Yeah. Welcome to the show. Take two. Welcome to That Davis Show. My name is Kenneth Davis. Follow me at That's Davis. I apologize. Ryan wasn't just ready just yet. I didn't give him the second heads up. Heads up. I apologize, Ryan. That was that wasn't decent of me at all. It's okay. Just caught me with my pants down. No, it's Whoa, fine. no. Never, <laughs> never, son, never. It's not the vibe. Um, of course, you already know Ryan Bukovetsky. Follow him at Ryan B. Ski and Ryan B. Ski 1. Please keep your trousers up at all times around me, sir. Don't worry, the camera only gets uh, waist level up. Not the vibe. Oh, sorry. (laughs) See, this is how this is how you're not invited to the cookout. Oh, okay. Because we got to be fearful. Card up right in front of my plate. It's kids. It's kids. It's kids here, and you out here doing stuff like that. A man can't just mess his camera around a little. The man says oh, the man boy. says the, says the man who on the, the stream yard lit his finger on fire uh, a couple <laughs> episodes back. Anyway, all right. Uh, speaking of stuff that I don't like, like Ryan playing with his camera like that. <laughs> my team, the Chicago White Sox. Um, you know that their start hasn't been bad, but the amount of injuries that they have is frightening. And if you check me out, I'm on uh, usually on Mondays and Fridays uh, uh, for our co-host Sean and my with Sean Sierra. And uh, last week we talked to Josh Nelson, Sox machine, John, you know, brilliant baseball guy, Josh. And my, one, you know, one of my concerns were, and I said to him before, because I talk out loud. I know it's a small sample size, but when it comes to training right now, do we know if the Sox really know, have enough data to know if everything they're doing is correct when it comes to strengthening conditioning and making sure just that the, the players are healthy? You know what I'm saying? The soft tissue injuries and things of that nature. Um, Sox started Lucas Giolito, went out in the first game, pitched four innings. Nice. Even though it had little location issues, six strikeouts. Yoan Makata was, al- was already out um, and to be out for at least three weeks. Um, you have the issue. Crochet. We use Garrett Crochet, who's going to have who's going to have Tommy John surgery. You know what I'm saying? Uh, luckily, they brought in A.J. Pollock for a second. It seemed like Andrew Vaughn wasn't going to be able to start the season. But, right. Mm-hmm. You know, he's healthy. Um, I'm blank. Who else are, am I Lance missing Lynn. Thank you. And Lance Lynn is out for two months. All right. Now, Giolito is going to at least miss two starts, you know, and the Sox can withstand it. But the problem and this is why one of the biggest issues that I wanted from the Sox and I said it on here was 
a frontline starter once and knock everyone down. All right. Because you thought, okay, we got, we got Vasquez for Lance Lynn. Right. But now you need somebody to step in for, uh, for Lucas Gilito. And this is another thing too. I don't know what, perhaps I don't know if it was due to injury or not now, but why, why did they have, no, I, I know why I'm, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. Cause this is what I was about to say. I wonder, and I didn't, I should know this. If Nicholas, I mean, Lucas Gilito, and Dylan Cease were supposed to start one, two. And the reason why I'm asking this question is you would think that if Giolito was healthy and went as far in the opening day start as you would think he would, nobody's going to go long, but go, go longer than some guys who haven't been stretched out the last few years like Giolito and Cease has. You think you would have put at least another starting pitcher in between them so that if that middle starting pitcher really needs to bullpen someone that's maybe questionable, maybe like a Michael Kopech who you know is on a pinch count, that you wouldn't tax your bullpen two days in a row. So now if I'm saying this, when you have – and again, I can't remember if Cease was – I would think Cease was supposed to be the second starter. If you have – Well, I think you, it was going to go Giolito, Lynn, Cease – but even so, so, this is a point that I'm, and you're right, but this is the point that I'm making. We know now for two to three weeks that it was going to be Giolito Cease, as far as t- your big, the big yes. time stars. And once, and even though Lance Lynn went down for sure, stuff wise, people still looked at Cease's and Giolito as guys that could get Cy Young votes in the AL this year. Oh, My yeah, only sure. issue was to protect the bullpen with Garrett Crochet going out. You may not want to start them back to back because you would vision that those are two guys that can go further. So you would want to stagger it to where someone who may be questionable can, can go in between them. Because if you tax the bullpen that game, you would have Cease coming back the game afterwards to go further. So the bullpen could perhaps recuperate. That was the point that I was trying to make. And I, and that's it was a worry of mine. And I, yesterday I thought about it, but I didn't look. So shame on me uh, for not investing enough in my team to go check that out. But just still, the injury concern makes me wonder what's going on now. It it could just be happenstance. Yeah, freaking nature. It could. It could. But when when you start off the year, and this is my thought, we start off this year and we act as if, and I, I've said this to you before when it comes to teams, the 49ers. Me and you did this with the 49ers when we did our division yeah. predictions. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I said to you was people assume, and they were healthier this year, but people assume that, uh, teams that are snake bitten by injuries, the next season will just have be unscathed by injuries. Right. right. You'll get lucky since you were unlucky. Exactly. And people assume because the Sox had injuries last year, particularly when you look at what happened with uh, Jimenez and what happened with Lou Bob, that this year perhaps, and also uh, when you look at Yasmani went out for a period of time too, but basically they will be unscathed this season. And right now we dep- we need the offense to do definitely what, what it needs to do. And look, we lucked up on Saturday. They won five to two. The offense showed up. The offense should have showed up a little bit more game one, but it's the first game of the season. I'm not trying to bitch them out about everything. But still, it's just the risk of what happens if. And that's my thought is, and I guess as a fan, I should 
come into this the season with the team as loaded as this one, even with injuries, and even if one in the team is spend a little bit, spend a decent amount more money to look like rivals, like the Yankees, to look like the Dodgers, who if, if you're going to win it all, you may have to face them in the World Series. Um, because you, you end up in situations like this when you need more bodies. And to just assume that everyone is going to be healthy because you were bitten last year with, two, with a few of your best players going out, you can't assume that because that's just not how life works. You know what I'm saying? And that, for especially during this championship period that this window of the Sox are in, you have to sometimes jump out further because that may be the only year you're going to do it. And that's the, the, th- the thing that we keep getting back to where you think this window is like this, and that bad boy mm-hmm. may be like that, you know. So mm-hmm. you, especially with with like out of all sports, baseball, maybe hockey. You know what I'm saying? Like you really can't count on just because you're loaded, you are gonna win it all. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. usually, remember the, that team, Eagles team like a few years ago? Exactly, when they had like all the former Pro Bowlers. Right, a football team that's extremely loaded. And you, 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 your chances are better, but still, it's any given something. But your chances are good. A basketball team is the best of seven. Chances are, if you're healthy, yes. you're going to win, yep. right? But yep. when it comes to a hot goalie or a pitcher or a couple pitchers right. that can or dominate the series, staff. Mm-hmm. right? You know, exact or or you know, what I'm saying your your bullpen is ridiculous. All you got to do is right. get to the you just got to it's the Royals. It doesn't say the Royals, right? Exactly. Like so, you can you 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 can benefit from having extra bodies in some sport, and baseball is one of them. Again, you may not win at all, but you can definitely make sure that you lessen your chances where injuries totally derail the, your season. Not saying that's happening now, but I'm still as a Sox fan, and as a Sox fan, I'm abused. I was a Chicago fan, so I'm always worried for the most part. And these are just some of the thoughts when I'm looking at some of our better players, particularly our pitchers going out really before the season has even taken place so far. For me, I'm getting flashbacks to uh, Arizona when we were doing our MLB preview and talking about uh, the teams last year. And, you know, not too much changed. The Sox were looked at as, like, legit real contenders. Here's the beginning of the window, and the Cubs were just looked at as, and we'll see what happens until the trade deadline. We get rid of the pieces that we had. But – it's funny just looking at how this season started for the White Sox versus last year, where you had really those injury concerns again. And I even remember you were saying, obviously, because you didn't have a track record with this team. It was brand new with maybe not brand new because they were in the playoffs the year before the COVID season. But you didn't really get a full year of like, what is this team capable? Because, you know, the star power with a team, you expect them to be good. But then there's those other pieces, the role players. And then you realize like, oh, man, this team is just really complete. They can handle a lot of different things. And you had said like, oh, the World Series chances are probably bust now because Eloy's down, Louis down for the entire year. See you later. But what happened was the pitching staff was lights out for the White Sox. They had the best starting rotation in the league and this great bullpen. They were able to weather that storm and get through, get everybody healthy. And it was back on like here's a real shot and making a run for the championship when it came to October ish. Now I'm looking at this year, I'm feeling the same similar thing where it's like that offense is going to have to carry this team. It's going to have to score some runs. That defense is going to have to improve at least enough in terms of what they needed compared to a team like the Astros where it was clear they needed another step up and that was a goal this offseason. They're going to need that to show through along with that offense that they have with 
can just absolutely dominate pitching staffs across the league day in and day out with all the power and just the overall completeness of their lineup. There's really no hole that you can point to. Maybe second base, maybe. But even Listen, that, Josh, Josh Harrison had a nice triple today, too. Josh Harrison, not today. That was the other day. Josh Harrison. <laughs> the other day. I'm sorry. Right. At the time of recording. <laughs> Josh Harrelson looked like Josh Harrison's bat is fast and he's fast. Sometimes I don't think he needs to to swing for the fences because he doesn't have that type of power. But then I tell myself, like, wait, he's trying to get bloopers necessarily when he's trying to do it. But this is the thing. Get the ball in play. When you look at when you look at the fact that due to suspension, the first two games, your table setter and Tim Anderson has been gone. And the fact that and then it was it was just three runs in the first one, but still the offense looked good. You could have got more, but AJ Pollock looks so damn good. And now you start thinking that was about a great pickup. Yeah, it was a, it was really a great pickup, right? And now you start thinking about okay, where the hell is he going to bat when Timmy comes back, right? Like just wow, wow, right? And I mean, I, I was Vaughn in the nine spot at one point yeah, this weekend. Yeah, but like yeah. you're talking Vaughn in the nine spot, right? Right. And people were asking, people were asking on Twitter why he wasn't in the six hole. Right. Like, so it was just when you when you look, I mean, dude, when you have injuries and you can pull out someone like Vaughn, you know what I'm saying? And again, we still don't know if he's that guy, but you have Berger there who has went through just some horrific injuries so early in his career. But you got you got bats is kind of what I'm saying to where it's like, okay, something something could take place here. And you just look at it, it's like, man, they got they have a lot. But now, and it, it's funny that you alluded to it because I was going to go there. You have to lean on this offense. They have to get on base. They have to move, get guys over. They have to steal bases because pitching for for at least the first couple months or the first month may be an issue with these injuries. And the last thing you want to do is over rely on guys now to make up for the guys that are out in the pitching right. staff and in the bullpen. And you know, for me. I, I'm more concerned White Sox 2022 versus 2021 because if you lose offensive players, that's not good. But if your pitching is lights out and you believe that they could come back, you would rather that route than we have to rely on our offense and we don't know what we're going to get from our pitchers. Now, I think they're all going to come back. But if I'm Rick Hahn and Kenny Williams, it's like we need to get this. Like we have to be looking for the starter right now. First of all, it's a weird year. We don't know if any pitcher across the league is going to be fine. You have that spider tax gone. You have no spring training. It's not the same ramp up. Things are very odd this year compared to years past in baseball. Obviously, they're maybe a little bit more used to it with the COVID season, getting some kind of wrench thrown into your pattern. So it's not totally foreign. But you just don't want to be in the position where, yeah, our offense is going to carry us all year. And hopefully our pitching staff is healthy by the time of October. No, you want to make sure you're living off your pitching because offense just kind of goes in that postseason. And if you're not a great defensive team and we haven't seen that from the Sox yet, hopefully they can make an improvement compared to last year. But that was a huge Achilles heels for them as a team. They had the best rotation. They had a ton of pop and they had a great lineup, but you were worried. Can they stop runs? Can they prevent runs from being scored with their defense? They have to get that going, obviously, but really I think Rick Hahn, Kenny Williams, they got to be just looking out for all possibilities at starting pitching and make sure that even if we get our guys back, Lynn, Giolito, all the guys healthy, 
you still probably needed one more guy anyway. So now it's really making sure you get that. You know, you know, they did. You know what I'm saying? And they um, this is a thing, too. We're talking. To I Josh mean, if Kopech becomes amazing and he somehow avoids injury, fine. You don't need it. But I mean, but you can't over. That's you can't over. You can't overtax him, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's yeah. You that's can't expect problem. him to go 200 plus innings when he's never done it. Exactly. So, like, that's I mean, listen, they shine Johnny Cueto. All right. So. If he can, if he, if he can give us some 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 some, if some he can innings. be a great six starter, eating up innings yeah. like you're saying, great. Right. But the thing is, this getting to your point. Um, one of the things that Josh Nelson brought up was that we're going to see a, some lopsided trades when it comes to what the team that's trading for starting pitching, and he's he alluded to it would be you know mid rotation guys, you know back rotation guys, but people are going to be giving up like. Some 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 degree top flight prospects, right? Because the pitching is going to be taxed this year, and we've seen it already on the south side, right? Pitching is going to be taxed due to due to three weeks instead of six weeks, and also we're talking about that six weeks. So let's not forget that pitches and catches arrive early. You know what I'm saying? So I mean, and on top of it, the- with Sean Manaya, one of the hardest problems with that trade was. The A's knew how badly the White Sox needed that pitcher. <laughs> how bad do you need the pitcher when your top two guys are down and you don't can't trust one of your greatest weapons because you can't stretch them out? Like and teams are going to be t- trying to take advantage of that for the White Sox. Trying and to use that what, desperation against them. And also, um, last thing too, you were looking, I don't know if it was going to be next year because I still think, I, I to a certain degree, and it's unfortunate for Garrett Crochet, He's been forced to come straight from college into the pros and to throw heavy, to throw huge impact innings. All right. Stressful innings. Very young in his career. Right. And you act. They looked at him as a a guy in the bullpen that can go multiple innings and that they were going to shift and be into the starter in the future. So you're going to try that next year. So so, let me say this, because this alludes to why you needed another starter now. In the first place. And you needed a lefty bad too, and he would have been exactly if he could do that. So now now will they, and this but perhaps I'm, I'm talking out loud, will they feel as if they they could put him in a starting rotation to protect him moving forward is the question, perhaps. Where they're like, you know what? He gets he gets four days off, right? He doesn't have to worry about coming back, coming back, coming back. But then he has to be stretched out to that degree. The, the reason I'm bringing this up. They should have went out and got another starter this year. Period. Mm-hmm. Period. Should, you're, look, you, you assume that you are a title contender. You can't do that with a starting rotation that still has question marks in it. All right, Michael Kopech, for all the great stuff he has, is a question mark. All right, Dallas Keuchel, none of us trusts. You can't, you can't say we got threes. You can't. What Lance Lynn? Another what you run into another team where fastball, fastball is all they that's all they were looking for and all they want, right? Like, what did you have that was going to throw the team off? You needed another starter, and the fact that they didn't get it is biting them in the ass. I'm not saying it doesn't mean that at the end of the season the Sox won't be there, 
I'm just still saying you didn't have to have these questions. There's no reason to be a championship contender with unnecessarily unnecessary questions. And the only reason you have the questions is because you didn't spend. Now, it will be an issue if it was like, man, we don't have. And mind you, all of our top flight prospects are in the bigs right now. Right. It's in the show. Besides but two, it was basically. Yeah. But I'm just still the guys. Yeah. Maybe, like, yeah. You know. Right. So, so of course, to say, do you have prospects? You still got guys that you like, if you want to move Vaughn, you know what I'm saying? If you felt like somebody, Which you can't, right. You can't, but just said you, you got guys you can trade. The point I'm trying to make is you didn't have to trade anybody. It was the off season. You could have went out and signed guys. That's the point. You didn't have and to really anything all you need to capital. sign was the Josh Harrison that you did great. Bring in the starter and then trade for AJ Pollock. You solved and you would have been, all the major issues you that you had. You would have been set right there. And then the guys that you're looking at as your swing guys, you can look at them more as in case a Garrett Rocher goes. I we know you can go into the bullpen. Not to say that that Renato Lopez and you know, these guys are guys that can can, can defeat lefties like a left hard throwing lefty like Rocher, but you still get the vibe of what my opinion is. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <sighs> All right, man, let's switch up to the north side. I definitely caught and I enjoyed the opening day for the Cubs. Uh, Kyle Hendricks was dealing. Suzuki was out there looking great. Jay Hay showed up. It was it was a nice because I'm regardless of what side side of town you root for. It's opening day. You want to see a landscape familiar to you in your city. So since my team opened up on the road, I definitely made sure while I was getting getting some stuff ready and moving around um, that I tuned in and I watched the Cubs and Wrigley Field on opening day. And it was definitely a great victory. And I like what I saw in that short sample size for the for the Cubbies. What were your thoughts on the Cubs early on in the season? being a diehard cup saying like you are who I found out has bleacher season bleacher tickets now. So look out, check, check out Ryan while, while living in another state. Yes. What a flex. (laughs) What a flex. I I pull out those flexes every once in a while. Um, Yeah. I'm just hoping that the Cubs can and Traditionally, with the the old the old crew with Rizzo, Brian, all the rest of them, they would start out usually pretty well early on. There was a couple of years after the World Series where it seemed like they started off really slow, but it, it, it really was they just when you get to the middle of the season, especially towards the end of the season, there's just a massive just fall off. Mm-hmm. So I'm not necessarily surprised that the Cubs. You know, early the Christian success, Christian Yelich still in the MVP right. from Javi because the Brewers yep. and we said then if the Brewers yep. pass the Cubs, it, yeah, they they were those years exactly where they just finished strong, yeah, exactly. And it's so it's great to see this early success, if you will. It's very very early, but it was important for the Cubs. They've got to get off to a good start, and you know, this division is not a world beater. It's probably the weakest division in all of baseball. So. You got to keep yourself in it by just winning enough games. And if you can play really well against the Brewers and the Cardinals, you'll probably be in it somewhat for the whole year. It doesn't mean you'll really be contending, but within shooting distance or at least within a realistic few games within the standings. So that to me is the big part with the Cubs. Can they just keep a formulaic way of winning going because we don't really have the superstars like for the White Sox for right now, at least you're going to mash your way to a ton of victories. Cause you got just a ton of power and just a ton of uh, capabilities with that lineup that should bring a ton of offense. 
Cubs, like what's what's the strength of the Cubs? I I don't know. A lot of these players we have to see. But what I do like, you're seeing a little bit more of that lineup diversity. They're actually putting the ball in play a little bit more so far. And they did well against uh, Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff. Those are those are some top flight pitchers in your division right there, especially with Jack Flaherty going down. So if you're able to do that consistently against some of the better pitchers within your division, okay, maybe this offense can score enough runs or do enough things because defensively you should be solid. I mean, Suzuki is a gold glove potential player because that's what he was in Japan. Jason Hayward's going to give you a solid center field. You feel good overall. Like Nick Nick Madrigal isn't a great second baseman, but he's still young enough. Maybe you can get him to be average. And then the rest of the defense, Wilson Contreras is a good defensive catcher. I think you feel solid with what the Cubs have overall in terms of defense and hitting, but then it comes back to pitching. And to see Hendricks do what he did was fantastic. And just overall, it seems like they have some potential within their staff in terms of the starters and the bullpen. And I think that Drew Smiley signing, that could be a big one looking down down the road when they maybe make a trade at the deadline giving because you mentioned it he's that one of those middle rotation lefty guys that maybe the cubs can get a decent haul on because nobody's going to have pitchers this year type thing um overall recon and the cubs guys get along now apparently apparently ever since eloy (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but you won the last one though you you won the last one yeah. He won the last one. He not, didn't, he didn't a, pan out for us. He didn't pan out I for mean, us. I mean, it was like, here's the Eloy victory, and we're like, we were here. For, it's no, just like, no, throw Dylan Cease in there. Don't forget to throw Dylan Cease in there, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, so it's like that. Far. Yeah, we're getting there. Yeah, yeah, we're getting yeah. there. Slowly. We just need the next <laughs> Andrew Vaughn to the north side. <laughs> uh, I still hate I still hate the fact that uh, what's-his-name didn't pan out for the Cubs, man. I, one for him. Like he dog, he we didn't give him any runs when he started, right? That was the mm-hmm. worst part. The Sox never provided him with runs, and then he just he oh, didn't. Jose Quintana to Quintana, Quintana. I meant to say Quintana. Um, and then he just didn't fit and thrown into a pressure situation, perhaps. But I, I, I feel. I'm not saying I'm bad as a Sox fan, but to a degree. But man, Jose Quintana, you as a Sox fan, you hoped his career would have went in a better fashion yeah. than what happened. Like, I mean, he I wanted him to go like up there and do his stud. thing. I wanted him. He he was he was a nice two. You know what I'm saying? Like, if he especially when he he didn't get any run support here. Now imagine him if he had run support, the value. But you know, people knew like, hey, this is a guy right here, and. He just went up there and it never worked. And that 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 one, I I don't let the Sox. I don't like the fact that that didn't work because I was ah oh, we got yeah. you. I was you know, but that one that one necessarily. Well, you mentioned it earlier, but Craig Kimbrell. Like, but listen, Craig Kimbrell came here and it was a mess. So you know, yeah. Tiff, yeah. Look, Sammy Sosa became an MVP. We traded you guys that one, <laughs> Bell. So look, um, but I was going to say this. I was going to ask so. you this. What's uh for you? What's and you know, being um, rational, what's a successful Cubs season for Ryan Bukovsky? Um, big for me would be your can the loosest definition of contending for the def, the division. I I really don't want to put too much. It's you're not 
it's September. It's completely over. I think that would kind of stink. Like at least being like, Hey, you know, they lost a bunch of games. You could still do it, but it's, it's not like you're 15, 20 games out at the beginning of September. And you're just like, okay, where are all the kids coming from the minor leagues? Cause there are some young guys on this team right now. Like you want to see Suzuki be a buttoning all-star type by the end of the year or maybe in contention of NL Rookie of the Year, that would be really great. Seeing Nico Horner, if he's going to be your shortstop of the long term, actually like make a case to be that person and showing it, at least the buttoning, maybe with the lineup diversity with Madrigal and some of these other guys like Schwindel, the Wisdoms, because we didn't know how some of those guys were going to do compared to I love to those year. names, man. I was just going to bring up, right? you guys got some great names with Schwindel and Wisdom. That's hard. <laughs> Wisdom is your last name. That is hard. And so are, are those guys going to be something or are they just, you know, flash pan from last year and you gave them a shot and they're really nothing and we need more kids to come up and take their spots? Ideal for me would just you have a solid season, maybe contending ish on the loosest level, but you see enough progression on individual guys. And a lot of those are on the the pitching rotation, like Justin Steele, they're lefty. Can he really right now? He's positioned as the number two in the rotation because they want to go right, left, right. Can he earn that number two spot? Can he be a guy you're like, okay, this might be a number two on a staff. And then you feel a lot better with just all your younger guys with what you have. Adber Alzelay, you lose him with that shoulder injury for a while. It'd be great to see him come back and just show like, yeah, this is a top of the rotation type pitcher that we have. You just want to see a development across the board with enough of, I think, the younger guys, because you know a lot of these guys are gone. Like Jay Hay, he's going to be gone once that contract's up. He's not sticking around here. So they're going to bring in someone else, whether it's this Brennan Davis kid from AAA or some of their other young prospects. So you want to know that those young prospects that there's a lot of hope for are coming into a team with some guys that are, oh, yeah, these are some quality major leaguers already on the staff and get that that mix of veteran good talent with young up-and-coming talent. Hey, you may not know this. How far away is Howard? Is two or three years? How far away is Howard at short? Uh, Ed Howard, he's I think he's even further because he's a, a part of that group right now. It's like Brennan Davis is your triple A guy and everybody else is single A, double A, like low A. You're talking probably three, four years, I would think, for Ooh. Ed Howard. And let's just say next year you can kind of get what you're saying and this that you want this year. Would you plan devil's advocate? Would you prefer if you knew that you guys can finish perhaps in the top three or four in uh, in in the uh, in the dra- in the draft. Now wait, I don't know this. Did they institute the lottery system that they were talking about? When when is that going to take? Oh, place? I have to Where? double check. Yeah, so I don't I know. I don't say twenty twenty three. Like okay, essentially okay. everything so, else. Right, like the scheduling as far as you know, only playing your division teams like the shifts times. being banned and all that right, stuff. Right. I think that's so, all like if you could but okay, let me just ask you straight up. If you can get a top four pick because the Cubs record this year, would you prefer that to add perhaps and viewing that Jed you know, definitely can pick out talent, 
that and that you guys could get somebody that's impactful that can be there maybe in a couple years and to start you know the next the next run of great Cubs players like you had two or three years ago or three or four years ago. I I guess it would depend how the how we get there if it meant top three or four pick, but. Nick Madrigal's bust, Nico Horner's bust, Suzuki's bust, like some of this stuff. Well, I don't even happening. mean that they're bust. I'm not saying that they're bust, but just as a as a collective, you know what I'm saying? Like you could kind of yeah. go back to yeah, because like, I meant to say five or six years ago when I said that. You go back to like 2018, right? Where it was kind of like everybody was when everybody clicked, the other guys were off. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. Chris Bryant mm-hmm. was over here, then Rizzo made, but mm-hmm. it was it was mm-hmm. never where everyone was clicking. Okay. So what I'm what I'm saying is you still see there's progress, but the team just wasn't on, and it's it's just baseball. Sometimes they weren't clicking when everyone else was clicking, so that affected the schedule not as much. It affected how they performed throughout the majority of the season. I get what you're saying. I mean, yes, a top three or four pick. I can't ever really complain too hard about it. Personally, I would not want it because I, like you pointed out, Jed knows how to pick guys. I would trust the brain trust that even if they were number 18, that they could still they find, still can find a guy. Right. I also am a believer that there is some bullshit going on with this payroll of the Cubs. I don't care. They don't have to be the top spending team in baseball or anything like that, but they should be around a $200 million payroll. I don't know what the hell is going on. All the revenue being generated from the stadium, everything's been paid off. Everything's been built. Everything's building like the network's going. You got the marquee and everything. They should be around a $200 million payroll. So if you can afford players, you don't have to be at the top end of the draft necessarily per se to get your team you know, filled with the quality you want. And everywhere I hear, everywhere you talk, like baseball experts, the Cubs have one of the better farm systems in the league right now. So personally, to me, I would rather them be closer to contention with what they have now, meaning that guys that they have now must be stepping up if they are within contention. They have plenty of room on the payroll. I want to say when I looked it up last, they were around 120 going into the season. There should be at least another 80 mil on that payroll when you're talking about next year. So you're talking free agents with what you have with supposedly one of the better farm systems in baseball. And we know what far better systems in, in baseball means either you bring up your players or you have assets to acquire the type of players that aren't routinely open in free agency. So I would rather that route not saying the route of getting a top three pick and you might get a stud, 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 but the Cubs did go through that a little bit with Chris Bryant. He was what number one, I want to say overall, or he was two and he absolutely was considered one of the best. I mean, he's like Andrew Vaughn where you knew that bat was going to play right away as soon as he gets into the league. And as great as that was, and as important as he was to winning that title, that superstardom couldn't quite carry over all the time because of his lack of availability. So that can be sometimes a crap shoot itself, even though when you look at the South side with Louie Roberts, that's, that's the kind of player you would love to see get drafted. And you're only going to find that guy top three in the draft type thing like that. You want a lot of that if you can help it, but the Cubs with what they are as a team with the assets that they have with what I hope that they have, I guess on the major league level now, 
I'd rather them be more towards contending versus being like a three or four pick. Okay. Definitely, definitely. So, all right. That's just a little bit of baseball chatter. We're going to bring you that every week since the season finally started. And we definitely love baseball and the boys of summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully our teams perform well and we're not on here all angry, but we will get angry if our teams underperform. Because one thing, you know what happened watching baseball, I realized, and I love it. It's like, damn, baseball is long as fuck. Yes. <laughs> yes, like, it damn. yes, it like, is. Yes, it is. It's like we're getting stretched out. Like the, right. the pitchers, like fans need to get stretched out. Like right. watching right. exactly. I need to be. I need to watch something for two hours, coordinate for two hours, right. just to get my mind back into the frame of. Oh yeah, this uh, month forward. of the season. I'm only going to watch the first five innings while I get exactly. stretched out before I can go exactly. nine. Like man, man. But I, again, I, we love it, and it finally baseball is here. So everybody, please make sure that you definitely subscribe on YouTube. Uh, you, you subscribe wherever you get your podcast audio files. And uh, we always appreciate you spending a little bit of time for us with us. I mean, and please don't do anything crazy before you hear from us again.